0: Welcome back to another issue. I'm Beastie Boy.
1: I'm Table. I'm Red.
0: It is I, Shino Brando. And in this issue, we dive into the retro and mystic adventures of the Ronin Warriors. Yeah, so I grew up with this
2: one way back in the day. The year was 1994. And in that year, there was barely anything on TV. Anything kids were watching was basically what you could catch on Saturday mornings and like your Disney afternoon. I don't know if you guys know what the Disney afternoon is. Do you guys know what that is? I didn't even know yeah, that that's
3: existence. your old school ducktails, your tailspin, your things like that.
2: Yeah, exactly. So that's uh, okay. all we had. And that was in internal reruns until like cooler stuff came out, like gargoyles and all that. Mm. Then in 94, anime wasn't a thing yet. Like you still had your one or two titles that made its way through like Akira and like Robotech, but other things were still kind of like on the rise. And then that same year, I think like 95, things started really blowing up. YTV being the quick purveyor of anime I, sh- I would say the originator they grabbed a couple of titles one standout was samurai pizza cats which got people into anime on the saturday morning circuit then the, the big wigs came in like your grandma and grandpa's like anime like you your your sailor moon and dragon ball z came out in 95 so in that year we were getting like you know storms of it now like guys were like opening up you know video like i'm gonna date myself here but video stores like blockbuster and having like just shelves of just anime i think we're um, all
1: familiar with video stores
2: I guess it's supposed so. I guess we're not out that circuit two out the circuit yet. There's also yeah. still
1: one here in
3: town.
2: Well, like in that year, ninety-five, again, Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon came out, and then in one little corner out of nowhere, for those who did catch it, Ronin Warriors, it was a mix of all the shonen stuff you get from a dude show, but all the nice and friendship stuff you get out of Sailor Moon rolled into one whole thing. It was like a touch of Saint Seiya. It's very hard to kind of describe. And in fact, what's funny about that is these guys are often compared to, or shipped with the sailor scouts more over than Saint Seiya and the, and you know, those Zodiac Knights over down Japan, I should say anyways. So to get across the you know their the popularity, I'll let you know what the Ronin Wars was all about. I got introduced to this on in ninety five, and actually came on a independent ABC TV channel that had their own little section of like where they would air on a I think weekday afternoon. So they had like reruns of GI Joe and Transformers, and literally they would have like another show. And then by the end of the block, like around four, 30, you'd be Ronan warriors. I remember tuning in for the very first episode and was just like, I'm already hooked. And I'll tell you exactly why. So <laughs> I present to you guys, the Ronan warriors known in Japan as Yoroiden samurai troopers. It's an anime series created by Hajime Yatate, which is not even a real person and is a pseudonym for the entire animation staff down at sunrise productions. Treat it like man of action with Ben 10, you know, with uh, the late Dwayne McDuffie series aired across Japan from April 30th, 1988 to March 4th, 1989, a total of 39 episodes. It would be later turned into a manga. So it doesn't have a manga before it, it was a show first, then manga after with an art style that completely changed from the show to draw in more younger kids. And I'm talking like eight and lower. It would be a series that would end on a high note. It would have a happy ending, but not without questions, because there's a lot of things that happen throughout the series that has no answers, even though it produced three OVAs afterwards, those OVAs kind of did answer some questions, but not all of them. So you're kind of lost still. I recently learned that there is a whole encyclopedia for this show that has all the internal parts that I never knew about. So I'm trying to find that I can't find it anywhere. I just know, like I'm, as I'm reading through like sources, they seems to have, like, there's an encyclopedia that has all the info that I never got to get. So if you all ever, you know, finding the leads on that, let me know. And I'll gladly try to get that book in my hands because I need it story and all its internal parts is about Talpa, a vicious and malicious demon Lord that resides in a haunted suit of armor. He was once the most powerful demon emperor from his realm, and he was nearly finished conquering earth realm until he was stopped by a gifted and divine warrior monk who goes by the name of the ancient one, because we never learned this ancient monk's name in any capacity. We just know him as ancient one period. Last name one, first name ancient. He would f- try to, to conquer earth in feudal era, Japan. The battle would rage for days and days on end. The monk would be victorious into stopping topa in order to keep the demon Lord at bay. Once he defeated the demon and he couldn't destroy the armor. Cause it's kind of, it's kind of invincible. And so what he would have to do is melt it down and separate it piece by piece by putting it in grafting it into other armor pieces. Then he would bless it, giving him new virtues. Which is a weakness to tell, but he has no virtues. He's a demon. So he has no capacity for empathy or emotion or any kind of connection to the human spirit. So when the monk blessed the armors with virtues is a kind of, it was kind of like a Horcrux in a way to keep top at bay in order for him to be whole again, he'd have to get his nine, like his nine armor pieces back together again, which is the nine armors that the guys are wearing so, so I'll many, exactly. For pretty much for each body part, right? Helmet from helmet to arms, to legs, to whatever it came down to nine different armor suits. Here are the armors. So the first one, the armor of wildfire, this red armor belongs to Rio Sonata in English Ryo because they want, didn't want to have to have his name being made fun of comparing it to a country. So they decided to call him Ryo instead He is the unofficial leader of the group and arguably the most powerful of the bunch. His virtue is literally virtue. He's accompanied by his loyal pet, Siberian tiger, white blaze, he was the first to arrive on the scene when Tapa attacked Earth in the modern day. He's brash and impulsive. He's also good hearted and extremely loyal. His armor comes with two katana that can be attached at the Kashira. And as the owner of the armor, Ryo inherits the title of Ryo Wildfire. His armor and weapons allow him to summon his power move, the Sure Kill in Japan, which is called Flare Up now, in which Ryo slices the very air to summon pure white fire to end his enemy. He is based on Yukimura Sanada, a real samurai who died in 1615. And I believe that's the same samurai who I think wore red armor and died on a bridge standing, keeping his enemies at bay.
1: Oh, I've totally heard that story. I feel a little bit bad with the joke I was about to make that, you know, my virtue is virtue. I am a good person because I'm a good person. Don't fucking talk to me.
2: Yeah, he's quite literally just all of them. He's all the virtues. For and some, like, for some reason.
3: listen, so you had insisted that we watch episode one of this show mm. to fully grasp exactly what we're talking about and the moment this man showed up on the scene with his <laughs> stupid white tiger a what who are those two magicians that have the white tigers
2: siegfried and roy
3: <laughs> yeah okay so he looks like both those mashed up give him a white tiger call it a day yeah.
1: <laughs> which for Jeez. the record the show makes that joke too it knows it, it what it, it looks like
2: Damn. right
3: yeah and b this is the same dude from saint Seiya. you can't tell me otherwise
2: i won't even deny it exactly <laughs> when you look at him he's just like it that's Seiya. <laughs> he's red he's
3: the leader and his virtue is virtue and he's oh, plot dear. man
2: from what i learned in the encyclopedia entries though so he came upon white blaze when white blaze was a cub and he just pretty much nursed him back to i think health and he just never separated from him. so it was kind of like destined to be next armor though you guys ready? Armor of Hard Rock. Pause. Uh, I... Pause. Uh, I...
1: there be a thick guitar riff there? <laughs> <laughs>
2: This orange armor belongs to Kento rei Fang. is the community of the group and the second most powerful of the bunch, just based on his natural strength alone inside the armor. This armor can become the most powerful if the wearer learns to focus its power as a singularity and not not be a scatterbrain. It is also the most violent of the armors. Kento is the only warrior who has trouble with his armor as his mind isn’t primarily focused on battle but more about fun. His armor represents Earth and he inherits the title of Kento of Hard Rock pause His virtue is justice. The armor comes with a uh, three-section staff and a, at a uh, naginata, which he can wield like nunchaku. Its sure kill move is Iron Rock Crusher. Pause. Which causes <laughs> a massive earthquake, seismic eruption. But I mean, uh, yeah, Kanto's Kento, fun stuff because he's the humor of the group. He's literally your Michelangelo all the way through. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, man, but I love orange. that guy on purpose. Oh yeah.
3: Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Like mm-hmm. this lines up close enough. Are you telling me that? It's possible that Kevin Eastman would have watched this and took some inspiration from this.
2: In fact, it's the reverse. What? What? They would take inspiration from the Ninja Turtles. What? I don't know In how reverse, to feel about man. that. <laughs> In reverse, man. So the next warrior, it's gonna be Red's favorite. Armor of Halo. Uh-huh. This green armor belongs uh-huh. <laughs> Jesus. This green armor belongs to Red's new obsession, Sage Date. Sage is the most mature and aloof member of the group often seen on his lonesome. He's not much of a talker unless it's necessary. Sage is guided by the virtue of wisdom and his armor represents the element of light. Sage was the first of the gang to learn the origins of the armors and that they could easily be used for either good or evil. So he was the warrior who kept everyone else in check time to time. The armor comes with a nodachi and the sure kill is thunderbolt cut in which Sage harnesses earth's natural lightning. It can be used as either general attack or focus as beams of lightning. Sage is based on real-life samurai, Date Mazumun, the famous one-eyed swordsman, who was said to have lost his eye to an arrow and then proceeded to pluck the eye out and eat it, saying that it was a gift from his mother. Um, He then proceeded to wrap it up and went on to win the battle. As an intentional nod to the real-life samurai, Sage's hair is stylized to cover one of his eyes.
0: So just, you know, the whole concept is
2: just really bugging my mind right now. (laughs) I'm still going
1: to call the green guy on screen a twink, but (laughs) damn.
3: Okay, listen. Okay, so this man makes his appearance. Frame one and flexes mm-hmm. on our villain that shows up in episode one
2: so also prepare calm. yourself because sage will flex on you every time throughout this entire show every he, time he can yeah. flex
3: on me anytime he wants
2: sage is the one who who like he's the, the second one who who won't crack first there's another one of them who's like who holds his calm under any type of pressure doesn't matter but then sage mm-hmm. is the second one who like who's able to do it if you push sage enough yo bro you're you're fucked you're not having a good time next guy the armor of torrent This light blue armor is worn by Sai Mori, the oldest member of the group and the most calm, even under the most stressful pressure. There you go. Some fans, Sai is the most boring of the group. (laughs) He's closest to Kento. He hates the fight as he's a pacifist by nature. He inherits the title of Sai, the torrent, and his virtue is faith his weapon is the jumanji yari whose prongs can close allowing to grab opponents or cut through obstacles the armor sure kill is super wave smasher which is a powerful burst of raging water the armor also comes with a pair of dagger and a clawed like gauntlet that he never uses which is a nod to his pacifist nature his last name is possibly a nod to the mori motonari a real life daimyo back in the day of feudal era japan
3: every one of these names and armors and everything has been absolutely bangers
2: Wait till I get to the warlords. That's the best part. Those those are fun here. I'm going to let you guys know on the last warrior now. So this is the arm of the strata or in Japan, arm of the heavens, but because North America doesn't do religion in kids television, it became the strata. This dark blue armor belongs to Roman Hashiba the most rational of the group and often the voice of reason to Rio and Kensel's rage outbursts or lack of focus. Rowan is the most unravering of the group and probably is the character that lives up to the Ronin warrior title. When I was telling you guys, like most of them usually run with doubts about themselves. Roman will not, he's very sure about who he is and where he's wearing that armor. He's a Ronan warrior. The armor is equipped with a golden collapsible bow that can summon an infinite amount of arrows that manifest in Roman's hand. Once he reaches into his back mounted quiver, armor never runs out of arrows. Period. He's a clutch marksman and never misses. It is intended. It is mentioned that his armor is the most pure. His sure kill is arrow shockwave, which is an arrow overtly powered by the vacuum of space. And once fired moves at a supersonic speed with a devastating shockwave. Rowan inherits the title of Rowan of the strata and his virtue is life or cheat. Rowan has an IQ fit for Mensa at an incredible rate of 250 uh, before being guided to his armor to face Talpa. It was speculated that he was on his way to high, like high end academics. Roman's last name Hashiba is probably attributed to, to, to Toyotomi Yoshi's original surname Hashiba. Toyotomi was Oda Nobunaga's successor, Oda being a real-life war-hungry dictator in feudal era Japan. Toyotomi unified Japan under his rule for a little like a little good while. Those are your rodent warriors.
0: Goddamn. I,
1: mean, I love them all. Reloading who?
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> like this is the exactly. archer that Hawkeye tries to be. Like
2: infinite amount of arrows. Imagine that. um, so Along with them, we have three who accompanied the, the boys on their journey. We have Mia Koji. She's a seventeen-year-old French Canadian Japanese girl who happened to be visiting her grandfather in Tokyo when Toppa attacked. Coincidentally, her grandfather had been researching researching old lore and happened upon the Toppa uh, Toppa's like part of lore. Feeling that some lore would be become real, he dedicated his life to trying to find out who the Ronin warriors really were, and if they if they were real, if he could try to get them together. She loses her grandfather during Taupa's arrival and continues to research in his absence. She's intelligent and brave, often caught in the crossfire between the Ronins and the bad guys. I mean, uh, she's caught in the crossfire a whole fucking lot. <laughs> for someone yeah. who has like no armor, no nothing, I mean, this girl throws her neck out there, no problem. I'm not <laughs> caring what's gonna happen, and she really believes in those boys. They're gonna save her life, man. So big ups to her for that.
1: I'm thrilled to see where that goes just based on her introduction to, was literally running into the street stealing a bike from a cop to go tell it them to sort their shit out and stop messing around.
2: So when it comes down to it like, I, like I'm going to kind of spoil it but when the guys get separated, I mean they're separated. They're, they're not they, they're not with her she and she's trying to she has to go gather them back again. Like quite literally she is it's just her, that little boy Yuli and White Blaze and I mean they're they're at it, they're being pursued, and she starts the quest and she gets the quest completed.
0: You mentioned the grandfather, right? Earlier. Hmm. And so, mm-hmm. like, as, as you know, we had like seen the first episode just to get a reference <laughs> of everything. Yeah. How the fuck does this dude just like throw knowledge as if he knows who they are, like right away? <laughs> that's I
2: told that you was That the I was the most like,
0: fucking bizarre shit.
2: He's just like, Hey father, there's a boy on the TV with a tiger that's a Ronin Warrior. How do you know? Yeah,
0: yeah you like know? <laughs> This
3: man. This man <gasps> is the mustached exposition man. That's what he is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I just I was, like, you know I was so confused. He literally <laughs> just comes on. All he hears is like, "Hey," he's like, "Oh, there's a boy with a tiger." It's like that is the Roman warrior, and he's like, "Who the fuck are you? Did you know? Were you foretold one day there's going be
2: a teenage boy with a tiger in the middle of the street, and that's him?" It's like,
0: mm, I just, know. I don't know.
2: <laughs> Dude, this wild. <laughs> along with them is Yuli Yamano. He's an eight-year-old boy who's separated from his parents when Topa attacks. The Warriors promise to return his parents and the rest of Tokyo once they defeat Talpa Most shell characters come off as annoying, but Yuli is so well used that he's an allegory for the audience. You know, he doesn't really poke his his nose into shit that's not needed. He is literally you sitting there watching these guys do their thing. You just kind of carry along with them. As he learns about the group, so do we. He's even helped them out in uh, some real BS situations by being a brave and little optimistic boy. He believes the Ronins can kick any ass. He is gifted with the Jewel of Life later on. It's an important artifact and a fucking deus ex machina that would be used later on in the last half of the second arc. Your guide is the powerful and mysterious figure known as the Ancient One. He is the monk I was telling you guys about before. He's the one who defeated Talpa back in the day and melted and reforged the armors. He carries a Shakujo, a staff that's ringed, uh, with ringed shaped chimes. He's clad in a monk's tunic. His eyes are always shrouded or covered in a straw rice hat. If you do see them, they're usually pure white, like Raiden, and we pretty much uncover his story as the plot progresses. And those are your good guys. And that's all you're getting for good guys. We're about to move on to the evil dynasties, So, and we'll start with Talpa, the emperor of the dynasty or the dark dynasty to some, he's the prime evil of the group. He was defeated by the ancient one, a thousand years before his uh, second attempt is further expanded on in detail in the uh, encyclopedia. They said that Talpa is all the evil manifested into one. So we're talking about like, you know, all the historical evil uh, bad guys out there. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, You know, ones with stupid mustaches and bad haircuts yes. because the armor was haunted and controlled by a malevolent demon and could not be destroyed. His armor body was reforged it initially appears as a disembodied head or helmet. His demon spirit is locked in the demon realm, but his armor pieces still reside in the earth realm in order to retrieve his armor back from the ancient one and his chosen warriors. talpa is able to corrupt a couple of men through different eras of time, become his warlords. Talpa's weapons are six double edged swords, which form a circle on his back. Or if you're familiar with some Japanese art, it would form a halo, a back halo and his warlords we will start with the first guy you guys hear about Anubis, Dark Warlord of Cruelty. He's the original leader of the Dark Warlords. His armor resembles that of the Orger Demon. He's about 400 years old and succumbed to a bloodlust and ambitions fueled by Talpa's corruption. In the series, he is the first warlord to face the Ronin Warriors in modern day. His virtue is loyalty, which is played upon in the series. His armor and virtue represent the season of spring. His armor comes with a Kusari Gama, and his sure kill is called Quake with Fear. Which is badass. It's a move in which the ends of the weapons launch a, a chain link the, into any surface and then proceeds to protrude with several more chains, trapping all victims, pretty much choking them out or just can't trapping their arms and legs. He's the most important of the warlords and he plays a vital part later in the story. He was once rivals with Roman and Ryo. Next one is Sekmet. He's the dark warlord of poison or venom. He's the second warlord to face the Ronins. He is sickly in appearance with pale skin. Purple eyelids and beady black eyes, often rivals side of the Torrent. His armor is that of the Rochi snake and represents autumn. His virtue is piety. segments. armor comes with six katanas that exude poison and can cause blindness. He's able to move his arms at incredible speed, making it seem as though he has four arms. His sure kill is called Snake Fang Strike, in which he attaches all six katanas by the ends and makes a chain link which he whips around, spreading more poison. Next. Hail, dark warlord of corruption. He is the third warlord to face the ronin warriors. His armor is that of the jackal and controls the darkness and corruption, often facing off with Sage of halo, the light. His armor represents winter and his virtue is obedience. His armor comes with a nodachi with claw like armor spikes sure kill is called the black lightning slash she fires off bolts of black light or black lightning veil or the darkness of night the void it said that if he were to use his armor for good he would bring sight to the blind sight for those who are lost in in the blankness of dark no matter how powerful the opponent his armor would always be the most persistent and the most willing the one to fight
1: wait so maybe i'm just being dumb but mm-hmm. anubis and Sekmet are Egyptian gods. Is Kale yeah. also an Egyptian god? Because I'm I, honestly just thinking about leaves.
2: No, Kale's name, I'm not too sure where it stems from. Same thing with like like the next one, his name comes from some from an from another part of lore too. I do know their names do have to come across, I think, with older historical f- figures that may or like that disappear through time or like other or like you know, deities like Sekhmet, Anubis. Beings of so, death, basically. Yeah. beings of death and such and such. So like, I'm not too sure. I, I, like, again, I gotta get my hands on that cyclopedia. Cause there's so much to it. Like naming convention and all that stuff. So there's, there's so much in between that I don't really know. And I'm, it's so hard to find, but I got, I gotta get my hands on it to get like, no, the, the next guy's Deis. And I know his, I know his name is from somewhere to historically things, but I'm not too sure where though, here we go. So Deus, dark warlord of illusion is the oldest of the dark warlords and the final Warlord to the face of Ronin's his rival is Kento of hard rock pause the most devoted to Talpa. His armor possesses the spider. His season is summer and his virtue is serenity. He's the most effective of the warlords. He has nearly defeated the Ronin Warriors with illusions alone. His armor comes with six katana, along with two arms which form spider legs. The commas can extend to any length he sees fit and they are attached to a single handle attached to his back which he can remove at any time. He also has a flail and nunchaku. His armor allows him to spin webs and create effective illusions. His sure kill is called Web of Deception, in which he swings his commas around, meanwhile infiltrating your thoughts with illusions, like on mysterious levels of fuckery too. Yeah. He said that if you were to use his armor for good, it could bring bliss to for the dying with peaceful illusions to help them pass
0: so was a lot of these like obviously with both armor sets it could be used for either good or evil so exactly so as we go
2: along in the series like i said i think sage is the one who learns that armors can be used for for either or on the board yeah. compass right so either side just because they're doing the good work doesn't mean they're good guys their armor could easily have them slip into topless control because it, it's topless body
0: Shit. at the end of the day yeah it's <laughs> it's really a choose your path basically keep your
2: mind focused bro before the evil you know sweeps you up and mm-hmm. like again kento the rock pause, he's the one closest to like the like the bad side like sometimes even though he's the one who likes to have the most fun his his armor can have him like, get like violent outbursts like violent outbursts Shit. all Hang the pants on.
1: does this mean if and when our ronin warriors actually do fight tulpa
2: himself mm.
1: Does that mean the entire incident is just why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you?
2: Hitting yourself? <laughs> <It's>, yeah, basically, <laughs> basically, <laughs> shit. Basically, the man's just like, "Can you please stop doing that? I have to kill you so I can just put the tank, just take that off of you and put it back yeah. on me because you're annoying me. Give it back.
1: Would <sighs> my arm, please give it back.
2: <laughs> That's my helmet. Fuck. Right. Stop hitting me with my own gauntlet, like. This show had two all right seasons. They're about 39 episodes. First, dealing with Telpa's arrival. The first couple of episodes is really to sell those toys. The season starts with him. You know, his demon realm appears above in the skies of Tokyo. Even though it's hovering over there, no one knows exactly what to do. Turns out his, you know, his soldiers and his warlords, you know, the Ronin struggle to take him down. The greatest part of this whole season is when the gang does get separated. It's a struggle to get them back together, and when they do, they have to make the choice of either going to talpa or, you know, staying on the sidelines and letting him come to them. And so they decide to go storm his castle. And so from from floor one all the way to the rooftops, man, they fight their way through all the warlords and all the soldiers, and they make it up there. And then they realize that they have a hidden power, which is called the White. Inf- inferno armor, which the armors themselves can combine into one armor ryle and become a white armor, the white inferno, which boosts his power and fucking the end of the first season, you can can imagine, you know, Ryo slaps Talpa down and, you know, the good guys win. Mm
3: -hmm. I'm going to pause you here for a hot second. So Mm. later on in our series, we will have another encounter with people that put on armors that eventually combine into more armors and defeat the evil villain. I want you to keep that in mind.
2: All right. No problem. (laughs) That first season, to be honest with you, when it ended, everybody thought that was that was it there wasn't gonna be anything else because it, and it, it literally ends like the good guys win. So there's no cliffhangers. There's no, nothing is it's done. Then the narrative tells you, no, come back come back soon. Cause there's more. And so we're like, okay. So when the second half does start now, Talpa is gone for the time being and other warlords open up portals to the earth realm and strike, you know, strike. Either trying to take out the Ronin Wars or trying to take over the Earth, as bad guys will do. Best part of the whole the, the season, though, is it carries a little storyline in which Ryo swords, because he keeps using the white inferno armor, the swords are not meant for that armor. And so they can't hold its power. So they start breaking, shattering, cracking. So he comes across a demon lord called Lord Saber Strike, who walks with a black tiger armored with two swords called the Twin Swords of Fervor. And because Ryo needs them, And because Lord Saber Strike is like, you got no choice, cause you're a running warrior and I'm gonna fucking kill you. If you want these swords, you have to come and kill me first. And so they do enter a fucking fight, which one of them will not walk away from. And White Blaze would would battle Black Blaze, see who was the best tiger. Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert! It's Bubastis. I won't spoil it, but like something does happen where White Blaze and Black Blaze are forced to merge into one being, so that goes down. The swords do end up in Ryos hands, but I won't let you know how that goes down. You can watch it for yourself. It's fun. It's the key it's blades. It's one of the. It's one of the highlights of that second season, that, that episode, because from there things start to change. Talpa comes back. And he is even more eager to get those armors back. And so he sends more and more enemies after them. And at one point they are forced to go into his realm to face him. So not even in his castle anymore, we're actually going into the demon realm. So now you're not only just facing his army and him, but you're facing everything else that's coming from that realm too, including the very mysterious Eddie Kyra, who when, once you're watching the show, you're kind of crushing on Mia the entire time. And then lady Kyra shows up and you're like, Oh. She it is a badass. I don't want to give away too much about her because one is super important to the end of the story. Two, she is related to one of them. I won't tell you who and three, her fate is very important into what's going to happen to the, to the uh, demon in earth realm. So we want to keep your eyes on lady Kyra. And just to give you an idea of who this lady is though, is the way <laughs> she is like the Gomorrah here. She is raised by Talpa. And she goes out there and she does the work, man. And when she faces the Ronin warriors, she gives them the business. I mean, the business to where the point the boys have that John Walker moment. Where they're like, she's not wearing armor, though. Oh, why are we having such a hard time, man? I-o, she's not uh-huh. even a Ronin warrior. She's not even a Ronin warrior. She's not even wearing a helmet, dude. What do we do? And I was just like, yo, uh, fight harder. and That doesn't work either, man. And so they have a hard time dealing with her. And man, she makes up that second season too. Like, honestly, guys. If you have time to kill sometime, just watch it. You know, don't have to don't have to binge it. You know, one episode and two episodes here and there. Till you get to the end, man. I can guarantee you that once we get to like the second half of the first season, you're going to get kind of wrapped up and be like, well, here now, I'm going to finish this shit. 39 do episodes. You,
3: totally digestible like everybody in this host has definitely watched an anime that's longer than that
2: oh yeah oh yeah 52 episodes and more you know what i mean like this is very short and kind of compact and it gives you what you need you know like not with too heavy of backstory just gives you a story and you watch these guys have their action moments and call it a day man and that is the ronin warriors man you guys made me relive my 95 (laughs) to be honest with you i remember this came on week uh, on not even weekly weekdays it ran for like a like a good month and a bit and that was it man it became so damn popular that the station that ran it proceeded to run it every year for i think from 95 till about 98 kept playing it on a saturday and i mean in heavy rotation in constant rotation even when they when, as soon as they, as soon as they, they reached the ending the next episode they would start the, the whole thing all over again right away because it kept bringing like young view, viewers in again anybody who like anybody who remembers it if i say if i say running words to them they will go through the entire intro they'll tell mm-hmm. you all the power moves they'll tell you they'll they will remember shit man like people were hooked to it a lot of guys would be like yo man it was it was like sailor moon for dudes and it's like how do you know most Sailor moons because they are be like well because i used to watch sailor moon too motherfucker. it's like yeah, i know because i used to do <laughs> like i get it man <laughs> just <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> Sailor Moon, motherfucker. <laughs> i always tell you guys about the beautiful boy action this was this is the start of it man this was the beginning these are four boys Ain't none of them ugly. They all seem to be badass, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. They're kind of cool. I kind of want to be, I kind of want to be a running warrior. I don't know.
3: And I am a big fan of like Knights of the Zodiac or Saint Seiya as it's properly called. And like seeing this like just oozing in its own 90s goodness. It's meant to sell toys. Like this is everything from an anime that
2: I love. What's funny about it is even though it's it's short-lived back in Japan, it's respected And when people When they do like Voting polls and everything I'm on like Like especially over Like over the decades When they talk about Like great shonen Like characters Or like great heroes or Whatever These guys usually One of them Or some of them Usually rank in those polls On a on a yearly basis And it hasn't been In a public eye Since like Like 93 I should say Like other shows Keep getting revivals Dragon Ball Z and Even Sailor Moon's Got a revival and everything right? One Boy. piece is still here Exactly But these guys Have never got a revival And quite literally People still remember this shit Or people still have some of the like merchandise or, or even some of the home video release stuff and like share it with, you know, their family or kids, or whatever. So like, it's still, in, it's some in some people's like memories or real house. Oh here, man, it was, you got it. And then it was gone. And then they released it on DVD. And I can't tell you how fast those DVDs would sell. DVDs series would sell out. As soon as it shipped in, it was gone. So, like, I had my shit ordered. Every every time a DVD landed and those guys would call me, I'm like, Yo, I'm coming to get it now. Because by the time I get there, like, everybody came to pick up their copy and it's gone. Like, you're not getting one from off the shelf. It's gone. Yeah, it's one of those really loved shows that you don't get much of anymore. And so, people just hold on to it. I think the, the most recent mention of them was, I think, a skin or a character download in Ragnarok Online interesting in 2019, yeah.
3: Would you say yeah, that they yeah. are due for a revival series? Like, Saint Seiya has been revived a handful of times. What would you say is, like, the reason that Ronin Warriors hasn't had that treatment?
2: You know why? Because I think even with Saint Seiya, Saint Seiya's a manga first and then turned to anime, right? So it's got a lot more there's an ip like, behind you know, it yeah you can use right like you can animate like with with ronin warriors Ronin Warriors was strictly made for tv so like I, I don't know if they would ever come back to make more of it or if they would, if they wouldn't want to revive it but that for that show is it, it was very open closed not much to go on and i mean i'd like for them to come back and kind of like redo the animation you yeah, know just make give it more it the old
3: hd 16 by 9 yeah. treatment that's all
2: then yeah, or even just update it with a few a few scenes where you make it you know make it more fluid i mean even dragon ball had its moment with dragon ball kai where they redid scenes where they actually re reanimated the scenes and inserted it in to kind of get rid of the old frames because the old frames were kind of like you know or, or choppy yeah so, i mean you know what i mean so you can do that here and just like this not to be a full-on production but i mean like you know you give it a little bit of treatment and kind of re you know put it out there again because i mean i would like to see it like touched up if you if, i don't know you guys you guys watched it recently but like when you watch the quality of that episode right does it not feel
0: like you're watching it off of someone's fucking camcorder 100 a camcorder is quality is a little bit more different i feel but i understand what you're getting at like, right? it feels a wh- like i'm
3: sitting in front of my four by three screen
0: oh. yeah the color right. doesn't seem corrected it seems very wide wa- like it doesn't look right you know what i mean
2: it's a little mm-hmm.
3: bit choppy but i would say even though we're watching it in that quality and like a burned copy of a burned copy basically like the cheese still manages to find a way to ooze throughout and that's to its own testament
2: in for sure man and then you know what and that might help it too because it's such an aged piece right it's a very 90s show so the way it looks it just it just leans into that 90s feel so i mean even at that it can stay the way it is i suppose if you want to revive it no touch it up i would like it in hd or something and those three ovas Mm -hmm. so like first one's not very important it's just like literally a side story of just the further adventures of the ronin warriors like the second one is where it kind of matters the most where we introduce a 10th armor a hidden one that's been hiding out in africa the entire time it's called the black inferno or the black sun armor it belongs to a african prince and he's badass as fuck doesn't talk much but he gets the job done they he comes in go.
0: kicks ass and does his shit
2: yeah the struggle is ronins have to face the armor but the problem is he's not a bad guy. So I'm being like, "Do we do we have to face him?" I'm like, "The armor's call out for battle, so they have to do it." Pretty good stuff. And mm-hmm. the last one is called Message, which is nothing like the rest of the series. It's actually very, going to say it, I don't want to say boring, but when I say there's nothing happens in this thing, nothing happens in this thing. It's literally M bringing mm-hmm. their thoughts and feelings from throughout the years and their concerns about where they're headed to the future it's a sit down piece about finding out his, like what makes these guys tick mm. when they keep doing what they're doing and if they really want to keep... one of them even tries to commit suicide in the fucking thing excuse wow. me
3: uh-huh. yeah Jeez. one of them tries to commit suicide
2: and the and the armor will not allow him to do it because he's tired of he's tired of fighting all the time he wants to okay. live his life but he feels because like so it's rowan Okay, the one with the blue hair. Rowan's like the point where now it's like we've done all the fighting. is Is it not time for us to move on? But the armors will not leave, and he feels like because now the armors are now attached that they don't long, they no longer have a life of their own. The armors control their lives because they have to be in constant battle. He won't be able to be himself. So test the armor to see if it really won't, you know, if it really won't be separated from his life. Rowan literally jumps off a fucking building. Oh my god! Because gravity is the overall, gravity wins overall, right? He jumps off the highest building he can, and before he can hit the floor, the armor stops him. It just, like, it levitates him, and he just lands on his feet. I mean... So at that point, he's like, we have no control. At first, we use the armor to kind of fight, but like now, do we even need it? And if it, if it won't let us go, what are we becoming? Are we becoming warlords? Mm. Is it not what we just killed?
1: I get that there might be frustration with this, because it doesn't sound like the kind of action that the majority of the show appears to be based on, but I feel like that kind of character work is really significant especially because yeah now you have this whole concern of how much autonomy do these guys even have
2: yeah yeah exactly and the fact that the five of them have to come to to the the grasp the idea of that because they're now attached to this armor that this is now your job for the rest of your life are you even mortal men anymore will you ever be mortal men anymore and then when they make the decision a now transcend earth realm to become something more. So they head off into human realm forever (laughs) as and Warriors looking for They get
3: on the boat and travel to the land of the elves like
2: I'll deal you one even better. So they meet they so they meet a new ancient one kind of who kind of ups their powers, gives them new sets of armor, but you never see what the armor does for them. Yeah and they look badass as fuck. Mm. Then she opens a portal to the heavens and they're all they're all gone. They're just gone. They leave I think they leave behind some notes for Mia and Yuli to say goodbye. And they're gone, man. They just
0: dip like that?
2: They're gone, man. Oh, my God. And that's the Ronin Warriors, dude.
3: Well, thank you so much for taking us on that roller coaster of an adventure. <laughs> Jeez.
2: No problem. Oh, yeah, that. man. There's fun stuff in there. You know, I do suggest watching it and give it a go and... Hope you guys enjoy it. I, I, it's one of those things I carry. Like, it's one of those shows I will never forget. I carry this from like my childhood, man. I remember this when I was eleven. I, I'm like, I'm old now, and I'll like, I, I'll, I'll even watch it now still because I just love it to death. So, hope you guys enjoy.
3: My biggest oh, thank yeah. you goes out to introducing me to my new husband, Sage Dante. Right,
2: oh, and man. I believe you can you can catch them on. I think they have it available on Prime Video. It's on Crunchyroll, and I think it's it's on Tubi for free too. And I think they got I think they got some episodes. There. I think you shared it. With, they have some on YouTube. I think
0: so. You can catch it, man. It's everywhere.
3: And with that, Beastie, if you please.
0: Well, if you'd like to hear more anime adventures, just to our channel. And then that way you can tune in every Wednesday and catch us streaming live on Thursdays as well on Twitch.tv slash Nerd Crusade. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram for more updates and join our Crusader chat on Discord. The links are in the description and you can download any previous episodes or listen on your mobile device through Anchor.fm or search Nerd Crusade on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, fellow crusaders, it's to be continued. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this video, go ahead and button mash a thumbs up. If you want to swing by when we have a new video, web up with the sub button. Oh, and while you're at it, hit the bell to be notified by.